for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at newsongplymouth.church. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Well, good morning, New Song. So good to see you. So good to be here. Uh, if you're wondering where the big tall guy is uh, and who I am, uh, Pastor Justin is in Wabash, and my name is Tony Mercer, and I am the Wabash Campus Pastor. And uh, he said he was going there to show them how it's done. I told him I was coming here to show y'all how it's done. And so <laughs> at the end, we'll vote. I'm just kidding. We ain't going to vote. But uh, anyway, hey, I, um, I came here with my two beautiful women in my life, uh, my wife, Sherry of 20 years. I know we don't look that old, but we are. And uh, my daughter, who is 12, going on 18. Um, and so, <laughs> um, you guys got to lighten up. The first crowd was a lot better with that. So, um, you guys have had an extra hour of sleep. Let's go. So, um, anyway, so, and my son, uh, Kelvin, I have a son. He is in Bible college in Kansas. And uh, so, like, we were youth pastors here for five and a half years, and um, um, we we uh, um, we went to Kansas to be youth pastors, and I I, start, I um, was a pastor there and, and things like that. Anyway, um, I just want to say, being gone, I realize how good you guys have it. Do not take this for granted. Like your pastors are amazing, and I don't get paid to say that, okay? But they are amazing, amazing people, and we love the chamber. We love that family. They're our closest, dearest friends, and uh, we just absolutely love New Kong. And so when Pastor Justin called me and said, hey, I got, a, I got an idea, and I said, I'm on it, buddy. Right, let's go. Let's just do it. I could pray about it later, but let's, no, I'm kidding. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, we have been in a series called YOLO, and, and what that means is you only live once, right? You, and the idea is don't, don't hold back. Just live your life. Don't, don't allow a fear and things like that to keep you from, from living. And, 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 and so the idea is that, hey, I'm going to live, but sometimes people live stupid, right? They live, they, they don't use wisdom when they live. And, and so the idea is don't, don't live your life with like things like fear and guilt and, and, and shame like that. Like, like Jesus came to set you free, not to keep you in bondage. And, and so did you know that we make 35,000 choices a day? 35,000 choices a day we make. Now, I don't know who the who the guy was or the lady was that sat there and counted every decision she had to make, that would make a very boring day. I'm glad I don't have that job. But 35,000 choices. So think about how many choices you've made just already this morning. You decided before you went to bed to change your clock, or maybe you don't. Well, welcome. It's really not that late. So um, you, you made a choice to get up, take a shower, eat breakfast, you know, uh, and, and do your hair or whatever, wear clothes. Thank you for wearing clothes. And uh, we make a lot of decisions every single day. And, and so in the words of the great theologian, Miley Cyrus, we make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes, right? Everyone has mistakes. Now, come on. That was funnier than, come on. 
guys are tough, man. So there are, there are some mistakes that we make in our life that we will laugh at one day, right? Like, I'll tell you a mistake. I was in the first grade, and I, and I fell in love with another first grader. And she walked in the door, and I thought, okay, girl, I am going to marry you. You're mine, okay? She had a twin, and they look identical. And I remember just talking, and, you know, we were flirting and, and things like that. And I remember telling her sister, hey, come here, come here. And she came over, and I said, hey, I think your sister Sarah liked me. And she goes, oh, you do? Yeah. And I'm ready to check yes or no. And my answer is yes, Okay. And she goes, I am Sarah. And I was like, <laughs> needless to say, we didn't get married. I didn't even get a date. So uh, that was bad. But or may, have you ever sent a text message to, like, you're about to talk about somebody, and you send it to that person? That's God's way of smacking you, okay? Just saying. That's God's way of saying, stop it. So... I read the story about this guy, and, and he took this girl out and, on a date, and they went to Red Lobster, and, and she just kept eating and eating and eating and eating and eating and eating and eating. And anyway, he dropped her off, and he got home, and he texted his friend Nick, and he said, hey, Nick, man, had a great date, loved it. There was one problem. That girl can eat, and I'm going to need a second job to feed her. And he sent it. He didn't send it to Nick. He sent it to Jennifer, who was the girl that he took out on a date. And so very quickly, you know, because here's the thing. When you send those, you can't get them back. Like, it's there, right? And so he quickly said, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I, and she goes, of course I ate all I could. It was red lobster, all you can eat. Duh. And she goes, and by the way, don't call me. So he, he feels my pain about, you know, doing something stupid. And, and so there are many mistakes, many choices that we make in life that one day we're going to laugh about, right? We're going to laugh about those things. But what about the things or the mistakes we make in life that we don't laugh about? As a matter of fact, we don't laugh about them. We carry them. We walk around every single day and we carry this weight called guilt called shame. We, we, I bet if you thought back in your life, there are times that you wish you could take some things back. Are you with me? There are some, there are some choices that you made. There are some decisions that you made that you wish you can take back, and, and we all could. All of us in this room have all that in common. So we, 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 when we do stuff like I steal, right? That's guilt. I, I, I lie. That's guilt. I hurt someone, that guilt. Do you know what usually follows guilt? Shame. Shame. Now, let me tell you the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is, I did something bad. Shame says, you are bad. Guilt says, I lied. Shame says, you're a liar. Guilt says, I stole. Shame says, you're a thief. Guilt says, I, I hurt someone. Shame says, you're a terrible person. A lot of us know what it's like to feel guilt, but a lot of us are walking around with a twin brother called shame. And God doesn't want you to walk around with shame. He wants you to be free from it. And I believe that some of you are going to be set free today 
from shame. From shame. And so we're going to um, jump in. Genesis 3 is going to be on the screen, or you can open your, your Bible. And in Genesis 3, uh, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other, any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat? From any tree in the garden, the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the tree in the garden, but God did say, you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord and among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Let's pray. God, we can thank you for your word today. God, I can pray your word would fall on good soil. I pray, God, that you would, you, you would speak your word to people, God. God, don't let it be my word, but God, let it be your word, God. Your word have eternal life. And so, God, I can thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the privilege, God, to stand on this platform and to proclaim your word. Father, we love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So up until this time, Adam and Eve, they're in the perfect place, right? They're in the perfect place, the garden, and everything, the sun, I mean, the weather, great, everything, great, the food, great. I mean, who could complain? Everything's perfect and until one day a serpent showed up and said, hey, you're messing out. And, and here's the thing about temptation. Temptation always tells you you're messing out on something and something else is better. That's what temptation is. Temptation says, you're messing out, and I have something better for you. And, and so the serpent, of course, is doing his thing, and, 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 and Eve believed him, and, 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 and so Eve gave the fruit to Adam, and at that moment, they realized something was wrong. They were naked. Now, we all know when we're naked and <clears throat> things like that, th things that we're trying to hide are visible. We're, we're just totally out there, and, 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 and so they saw each other, and they were like, this ain't right, something's wrong. And, and, and so if you're taking notes, write this first one down. Shame makes us cover up. Shame makes us cover up. And so they, they went and, and they, 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 they covered up. And, and then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized that they were naked because they sewed fig leaves together and made covering for themselves. They saw that they were naked and decided to cover themselves with fig leaves. So here's a picture of a, of a fig leaf and a fig leaf can grow up to a foot wide, but here's the thing. It would take a lot of fig leaves to cover you, right? It, it would take a whole lot of fig leaves to co cover you, and they're not user-friendly. They have this enzyme in them called fitsin. Well, I probably said that wrong, but it's what it is. When tuck can cause severe skin irritation with bats. And so we see that, and, and we have these fig leaves, and, and, and they put them on, and, and, and like I said, they're not user-friendly, but you think about it, we do the same thing. We might not put an actual fig leaf on, but we put other things on to cover our nakedness called shame. We, we, we put on things like alcohol. We put on things like drugs. 
We put on things like relationships. We put on things like sex. We put on things like cars and, 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 and houses and material things. We put all of that on because we want to cover ourselves. But God showed me something about a fig leaf. What will eventually a fig leaf do when you take it away from the root source? It dies. Every fig leaf that we use in real life will die. It will eventually swim. It will eventually die, and, and, and we, we are constantly putting fig leaves on. We spend days, months, and even years covering our shame. These things don't cover us, everybody. They really don't. They, they literally don't cover us. They might make us feel good for the moment. They might cover it for the moment, but it's eventually going to go away. My mom, I grew up in a, in a home. My mom was an alcoholic. And she drank every day. And, and uh, I remember one time asking her a question, Mom, why do you drink every day? And she said, because I'm trying to forget my problems. And me being a smart old kid that I am, or was, I said, but aren't they there tomorrow? The thing that my mom was trying to cover was still there at 5 o'clock in the morning when she got up to go to work. It never went away. She was using fig leaves to try to cover the bitterness and, and the, the, the shame that she had in her life. These things don't cover. Think about this. That fig leaf actually caused them more pain. It caused more pain. Right? And so the very thing that they were trying to use to cover their shame actually brought more pain. And think about the things that you've used in your life to cover up your shame. Did it bring pain or did it bring joy? Most of the time, it brings pain. You get in a relationship because you're trying to cover that shame. That relationship doesn't work. Guess what? You take the baggage of that relationship into the other relationship and then keep going and going and going and going until you're carrying a big load of baggage called shame. How many times have, have relationships been destroyed because somebody decided to step out of that marriage because they were trying to cover something up with their shame with something else? How many families have been destroyed? How many people have died? How many people have got addicted to things because they were trying to cover the shame in their life and they realized they couldn't because the shame brought more pain because of what they were trying to cover it up with? If you're taking up, write this one down. Shame makes us run and hide. Verse 8 says, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So one of the funnest games I ever played when I was a kid was hide-and-go-seek, right? I loved hide-and-go-seek because here's why. And you had 30 seconds, 40 seconds to be most creative person in your group because you didn't want to be found out. You didn't want to be caught, Right? And so the, the person turns, right? They're going one, two, three. If you're like me, you, you skip like one, 12, 18, 20, 50. Here I come, right? Like I was the fastest counter ever. So, uh, but you, you get really creative. You get really creative. And here's the thing. Nobody wanted to be it. Like in my group, we were all like, go, who hit? Nobody wanted to be it. Everybody wants to hide. And you know what? That is so true about us in real life. We all want to hide. We are all hiding. We're, we all are running and hiding from our shame. We are hiders by nature. 
And, and so we do something and we think, we think God's mad at us. We, we do something and we think, we, we think God's out to get us and he's going to thump us on the head or, or he's looking at us going, I just wiped my hands clean of you. I'm done with you. I don't want anything to do with you. And here's what I realized. That's what you, people in your life do. That's something God will never do. God will never wipe his hands of you. People will. People do. But God will never. I mean, think about this. God knew exactly where he was. He knew exactly where he was. God knows exactly where you are. He knows what you're going through. He knows the shame that you have in your life. And yet he still comes looking for you. That is awesome. That is awesome. Shame will make you run and hide. Remember, guilt is what I did. Shame is who I am. Shame will make you run and hide because you don't think you're good enough. Shame will make you run and hide when you feel you have done too much and gone too far. Shame will make you run and hide because you think God is mad at you. I've heard people say, well, I don't go to church because of what I did in my past. So people will not come and get healed by the thing that is keeping them bound. It makes no sense. But that's what the enemy does. He twists everything. The church can be the very place people come to get set free from shame. Right? They are running and hiding because of shame. We run and hide today because of our shame. Shame will do two things when we run and hide. And verse 9, it says, But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Shame makes us fearful. Shame makes us fearful. Because we think that, like I said a while ago, we think that God is out to get us when God is out to love us. We think that God is out to hurt us when God is out to heal us. And so what do we do? We spend our lives running from God when we should be running to God. We should be running to God. We, we, we think things, what if they find out what I've done? What if, what if they know my secret sin? What if they found out that I'm not really who they think I am? You ever had those thoughts? I have. I've had those thoughts, man. What if they find out who I really am? What if they find out what I did in my past? What if they find out? Shame will keep you fearful. It will keep you afraid. It will keep you bound. Shame makes us run and hide because we are afraid of being found out. Verse 11 goes, and he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate it. So the second thing we do is shame and shame will make us blame others. Think about it. You have Adam and he's hiding and, and God says, hey, Adam, where you at? And Adam's like, ah, I'm hiding. And he's like, why? And he's like, because I'm naked. He's like, who told you you were naked? And he said, that woman you gave me, it's her fault. And it's your fault. You gave her to me, God. You knew. You should have known better. And so we find ourselves blaming God for our shame, and then we find ourselves blaming others for our shame. So God then goes on to Eve and says, and she goes, the serpent did it. It's his fault. You see, we live in a world that doesn't take the blame. We live in a world that tries to deflect the blame to other people because we don't want to own up to what we've done. We don't. It's always somebody else's fault. It's always somebody else's problem. 
Shame makes us blame other people. We try so hard to get the focus off us and place it on somebody else. There are, so those are the negative effects of sin. The positive side, uh, if you're taking notes, write this down. Shame has no power over grace. Shame has no power over grace. Verse 9 goes, but the Lord God called to the man, where are you? See, grace pursues us. Grace pursues us. Did Adam and Eve go looking for God? Let me ask you a question. Did you go looking for God? The answer is no. There's nothing inside any of us that went looking for God. The Holy Spirit draws us to God. That's how we get saved. And so you have, you have God who is, who is going and looking for Adam and Eve. Why? Because he loved them that much. He, he loved them that much. Luke 19, 10, 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. What did he come to do? Seek and save the lost. He came to seek out the lost. He came to save the lost. Have you ever lost something? You ever lost, uh, you know, something pretty valuable? Now, most of us, we lose a quarter or we lose a dollar. We're not really going to tear up the house trying to find it, right? But if you lose your car keys, you need to get to work, you, you'll tear up things, okay, to get to it. Or if you lose a kid, that's kind of important. You might want to find the kid. Um, like, I've never, I have two kids. I've never misplaced one and go, eh, I got another one. It's okay, right? If you do, you need help, okay? Don't do that. So grace pursues us. God comes looking for us. That's grace, everybody. He comes looking for us. The other one is grace covers us. While we're running from God, he is running after us. Grace covers us. Verse 21, the Lord God made garments and skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. God covered them. So you have, you have now the very first time that an animal has been killed and the clothing then covers the sinner. That's the representation of what Jesus did on the cross. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, his, his, his robe of righteousness covers us. So God no longer sees us, he sees Jesus, and he makes us righteous. God pursued us, God covers us. And so you think about the fig leaf, right? The fig leaf would die in a few days. Animal leather would last forever, and that is the symbolic of what Jesus' blood on the cross does. It lasts forever, forever. And I don't care what you did yesterday. I don't care what you did last week. Listen, the grace of God can cover it if you just bring it to him. He can't cover what you're not willing to uncover, though. He's not going to look at you and go, I see your sin. I'm going to forgive you. Uh-uh. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive us of our sins. He's not just going to forgive them because he's a good God, and he is. He will only forgive what we are willing to uncover. And that is when shame starts getting broken in our lives. The Lord God provided for them clothing. Isaiah 61, 10 says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness as a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. That's what grace does. It covers us. It frees us. It forgives us. It lets us go. In 2 Corinthians 7, 9 through 10, it says, yes, 
Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because you, your sorrow led to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. Shame brings death, everybody. Have you ever, have you ever known somebody who's just living their best life now walking around in shame? No. The person that is walking around in shame will walk around in regret. They'll walk around and, 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 and they'll be sad and, and they'll be depressed and they'll be carrying all this bondage and all this baggage behind them. And listen, God didn't die on the cross so you could carry your stuff. He died on the cross so you could give your stuff to him and let him carry it and let him take it. But so many of us, we live with this thing called shame, and he didn't, he did not, he does not want you to live with it anymore. So stop carrying it. Because here's the deal, Romans, in the book of Romans, it says, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, there is therefore no, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus today? Have you given your life to Jesus today? If the answer is yes, why are you walking around in shame? He's already forgiven you. He's already walked it away. He's already wiped it away. It's like the old etching sketch, right? When you, when you make a mistake, you shake it. That's what forgiveness does. It's, just, it's gone. It's just gone. We're the ones that keep bringing it up. We're the ones that say, oh, I remember when I did. I remember when I did. I re-. And God's like, stop it. I already forgave you. It's gone. It's under the blood. Stop. And then, and then I started questioning, well, why do we still walk around with shame? And then, and then I, I started talking to my wife because some things were done to her when she was a kid. And, and, and I said, honey, why do you still walk around with shame? And, and her response to me was, because I haven't forgiven myself. I thought, oh, that's what it is. Sometimes we've got to forgive ourselves. Sometimes we just gotta say, okay, God, I know I'm forgiven by you. And listen, we need to look at ourselves in the mirror and, and say your name. And Tony, I forgive you. I forgive you. And if you have to do that every single day, listen, freedom will come. Freedom will come. But God does not want us to walk around with shame and guilt, everybody. He wants to walk, He wants us to walk around in freedom. He doesn't want us to carry the baggage of shame. He wants us to walk around in freedom. He wants us to walk in freedom. I'm going to read this last one and then we're done. Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord has not counted against them, and in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Listen to this. Through my groaning all day long for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped and in the heat of the summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. We have to uncover it, guys. Have to stop covering it. Have to uncover it before God. He already knows. It's not like you're hiding something from him. If he doesn't know, he's not God. Because my God knows everything. So it's time, everybody. It's time, New Song Church, to start, stop walking around with shame. 
Say, you know what, God? Here are some things in my life that I've done, and I'm not proud of them, but God, I give them to you. And once you give them to you, him, you walk away from it, and you forgive yourself, or you make it right with somebody else. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for this day, Lord. I just thank you that, God, that you are our deliverer. That, God, you have delivered us, God, from guilt and from shame. I am not my sin. I am your son. And God, some of us just need to say that. I am not what I did. I am who you say I am. I am not what my mistakes. I am not. God, you never call us by our sin. You call us by our name. And God, I just thank you for that. And with your, with your head bowed and your eyes closed, I just want to ask you a simple question. And nobody looking around, please, nobody looking around. But, but if you're in here and you say, you know what, Pastor Tony, I want you to pray with me this week. I'm not going to call you the front, but I just want you to pray with me this week because I'm struggling with shame. Like that's something I'm carrying around maybe for a week, maybe for a year, maybe for a decade. I've been carrying around shame and I want to pray with you. I, I, I don't know your name, but I don't need to. But I could pray with you or pray for you this week. If that's you, I just want you to lift your hands up. Let me see you. And I want to pray with you, pray for you. All right, all right, put your hands down. God, we just, I just pray, God, for everybody that raised their hands. Oh, God, I just believe that, Lord, that people need to receive freedom today, right now. And so, God, I'm asking, I'm pleading with you, God, to bring freedom to them. Freedom from shame, from guilt, from the baggage. God, you promise that our sins will never be remembered. And so, Lord, I can pray that we call out to you, and I pray that you, they would call out to you and give you strength, or you would give them strength, God, that you would forgive them, and that, God, that they would walk away from their shame. Because, God, no, nothing is bigger than your grace. Nothing is bigger than your grace. So, God, I can thank you for, again, for this day, Lord. I thank you that you are an incredible God. And Lord, I pray that you would give them strength to walk away from their shame. Father, we love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. Find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ. All you have to do is go to newsongplymouth.church slash connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.